Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Weird that there's no football games to preview for the upcoming weekend, but we got a pretty big one coming just a, you know, a week and change from now as the Super Bowl features Tom Brady yet again. So to help break down everything in the NFL with us is our guy Eric Eager over at Pro Football Focus. You can check him out at PFF.com. Eric, will you be watching NFL players play Madden at the simulated Pro Bowl this weekend? I don't think so. I'm a big enough degenerate to bet on the Senior Bowl, but I don't think I'm a big enough uh, one to watch NFL players play Madden. So that's kind of like where the bar is set, I think. You know, I, I want to do a lot of Patriot stuff and a lot of stuff on the quarterback um, carousel that looks like it's going to be spinning. So let me ask you a couple of various questions here. Give up a whole lot for Deshaun Watson or give up one first-round pick for Matthew Stafford? What's the better play for the Patriots? Uh, well, given where the Patriots pick, I think it's it's the the all the number ones for Watson. Um, you know, I, I think that you know the 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 hard part becomes you know more of a question for the other teams. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jets, uh, you know, the Dolphins. Should they give up the third pick when there's a cost control quarterback who might be very good uh, on the other end of it? when it's, you know, the Patriots and they're picking outside, I believe outside the top 10, yeah. um, it's not as, as, you know, I don't think it's as onerous, honestly, and the and the, and the the quarterback that they're going to end up getting. I mean, look, Stafford's been a player that, you know, you look on Twitter and everybody's essentially making excuses for him. He didn't have a good defense. He didn't have good receivers. He didn't have good offensive line, all that kind of stuff. And most of that is true. But how much of those things would be different if New England sent a first-round pick over to Detroit uh, to acquire him, uh, you know, in over the next year or so? How valuable are draft picks in the NFL? Because I've been conditioned my whole life to think that draft picks were like gold, and I would rather give up one rather than give up four. So I am on the on the Stafford train right now because of just what it would take to get Watson, even though Watson I know is better. How valuable are draft picks? Uh, they're very. I mean, a quarterback picked in the top, in the at the top pick, averages about four wins over the course of the first four or five years uh, of their deal. Watson last season was worth four wins himself. So, uh, yeah, and, and it was the highest percentage of his own team's wins that we've ever seen uh, since building the metric. I, I think for almost every single quarterback, uh, the draft picks are probably more important because they're cost control, uh, and you know, obviously, they if they hit. You get a huge bang for your buck. I think that there are a few players in the NFL, Mahomes, Watson, um, who I think are worth that money and and that capital. The you know I, I always bring it back to like what's the limit? Like, would you trade? Um, you know, let's say would you trade Baker Mayfield and a first round pick for Deshaun Watson? Like that to me, that that sort of shows I you know how much is that first round pick really worth? Because I think with somebody like Mayfield or in Stafford in this instance the the averages aren't all that different but what watson can provide you at the tails which is you know uh you know kind of what mahomes is off for the chiefs over the past three years i mean that's immensely valuable so you know i when when talking about what the patriots should do really i think central on the discussion is what is their um you know what is their hope for the next you know two years is it to get back off the ground and to get back into the playoffs, or is it to compete with championships for championships with you know teams like Miami, teams like Buffalo? You know, they're in different situations. Watson has a no trade clause. Stafford does not. 
But I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, in Stafford's case specifically, he should be more weary of the Patriots than the Patriots should be weary of him. How do you think available quarterbacks view New England right now? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily as highly maybe as as they might have previously. Obviously, with you know the um, you know the reputation that Bill Belichick and his staff have garnered, um, I think both good and bad. I mean, we've seen you know obviously the the championships you can't argue with, but you've also seen players like Reggie Wayne and players like you know Joey Galloway and Albert Hainsworth and you know you've had various numbers of veteran players. Ocho Cinco played played in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't exactly the, the his most successful uh, you know career uh, season. So that that's kind of where I would say you know a veteran player. Uh, Belichick's very hardlined about things, right? And and I think his process works, but. If you're a player at the tail end of your career, you might want to dictate things more, and that might not be necessarily uh, what a player like Stafford wants to get out of the second stanza of his career. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. You can check him out at pff.com. He's been with us every single Friday through you know the existence of this show, and he's going to be with us for a couple Fridays more here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. So we just did, okay, what's better from a, from a cost-effective standpoint, all in for Watson or less in for Stafford? Now let's go even further down. Can you get 75% of Matthew Stafford's productivity in just signing Ryan Fitzpatrick and keeping your draft pick? I, I got to think he kind of – 75%, yeah, I think he can. Is that <laughs> a better play? Especially when you put – well, I think so. I mean, to me, I think Stafford is a player who is more suited for a place like Indianapolis or yeah. – San Francisco, a place where you sort of have a ready-made situation for a quarterback. New England's got great cap space. They have a great coach. Um, I think Josh McDaniels fine as an offense coordinator, but it's not a ready-made place for a quarterback. There's going to be a lot of adjustments, as we saw with Cam Newton this year, where you know a previously good quarterback might falter. And and the question is, is do you want to upend some of the the process that you're putting in place uh, to? you know, sort of make that situation possible for him. Uh, in my opinion, I think that's always been Fitzpatrick's hook is that he's been a player that you can sort of have and he can play well and, you know, not upend any of your process. Um, you know, and, and we saw it in Miami. Like he's a very good foot soldier for them. And even in the year where they, you know, theoretically were tanking, he played extremely well. Yeah, you know, uh, I've had this conversation. I used to do the podcast with Doug Flutie. Fitzpatrick is the modern-day Flutie. He's just the, the constant stopgap guy, and you can always put him in and know it's going to be okay. Like, So he does remind me of today's version of Doug Flutie. Yeah, I mean, Flutie, I think, is a little bit better than that, right? In that, like, Flutie only lost his job in Buffalo because the owner was being an idiot, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the Rob Johnson, you know, shouldn't have started over him in the first place and shouldn't have started over him in the second place, you know, right, in right. Buffalo. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, everybody always viewed Flutie as a as a transient player because of his size. And, you know, I think people view Fitzpatrick as a transient player because of his playing style and his previous, um, you know, lack of success in the NFL is maybe the right way to put it. 
um, you know, this this season and, and I think his season with the Jets were the only two seasons where he's played a significant number of the games and and won more than nine or ten games. So, uh, he, you know, and I think that that trails with the player, it, that in addition to his draft stock and so on. And I think you saw a little bit of that with Flutie, right? The Bears shoved him in too early. Yeah. Um, and, and then New England was just kind of a disaster back in the late 80s, early 90s. So he was sort of, um, you know, not necessarily given a great start. And, I, you know, as much as we hate to see it, um, you know, uh, starting conditions matter and first impressions matter. But yeah, I think I always think of Flutie more highly uh, than that, but, but you're right. I mean, it is one of those where there's always this perception of a player that sort of drags along with them. You know, let me ask you this, a guy Flutie played with, and that's Drew Brees in new Orleans. I think we can all sit here and say that Drew Brees doesn't look the same as he used to, but I also wonder they did get the number two seed in the NFC. So if you're going to get rid of Drew Brees or want him to be gone, you better be sure that this next guy can take you over. Like, should should Saints fans be careful what they're wishing for and wanting Drew Brees out? Is there somebody out there that can guarantee get them over the hump? Well, I I don't think that there's a plausible way for them to get over the hump anymore. You know, yeah. like if you if you look at the and I I, I do a radio show with another great '90s quarterback, Bobby Abair. Uh, yeah. who used to play for for the Saints and the Falcons and you know he kind of got you know we he kind of got a little bit pushed back by this but essentially in my opinion if you know the, the what are the Saints really going to do i mean they they have their 100 million over the cap uh you know their their strength as a team was not their strength as a team is different than Kansas City's it's different than Green Bay's it's different than Tampa's their strength as a team was their whole team you know, the, the defense went too deep in a lot of important spots. Uh, the offense had, you know, I don't think the offense had the playmakers necessarily to be all that good. And that's why yeah, I think they fell eventually. Um, but you start, you put Breeze back in there and you have to cut half that defense or you have to cut half that offensive line or you have to take away some of the weapons. And I think Breeze, while he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, probably on the first ballot, like, I just don't think he can support that type of team anymore. Uh, if they're, you know, and and even I don't even think he could five years ago when they were seven and nine all those years with a bad defense and, you know, middling support pre Michael Thomas. So, I, you know, I think it's just time for them to move on. And I also think, you know, as smart as Peyton is, I think that's why they didn't play Jameis this year. Because I think they're going to want to go into next season with Jameis making about the same amount of money as he made this year and that being sort of their number one draft pick. I'll get you out of here on this. Um, I am not a fan of drafting Mac Jones for the Patriots in the first round. If he was there in the second or the fourth, then, you know, I'd be fine with it. But the first round, I don't want Mac Jones. Should anything he's doing right now in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, um, even if he doesn't play in the game, should anything he's doing matter to me enough to change my mind? I, maybe. I mean, I think the 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 thing with Mac Jones is known. I mean, we saw on his first read, he had like a the best PFF grade in college football last year. On his second read or deeper, it was like 25th. Mm. So you're you're talking about a guy who needs a good scheme, but there are tons of quarterbacks like that. And it, you know, in the bottom half, like let's say the 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 uh, Patriots traded back into the 20s, um, which they've been wanting to do before, and they take him at like 25. He's making like you know three four million dollars a year. That's a pretty good bargain, uh, yeah. and and you know that's that's something where you have cost control. You have the fifth year option. You have all these things, and if he ends up being good, and he ends up you know 
uh, yeah, it's worth it, right? Because a, a good quarterback is worth anywhere from two wins to two and a half wins during the course of a season, and no other player is going to get you that uh, in, in any other position. So to me, I think that's maybe what the Patriots have to do. And, you know, it was really smart of them last year to trade back in the first round with the Chargers and to accumulate picks um, because that means, you know, and then accumulate the the salary cap space that they did because then they could put players around him. But I, I don't, I don't hate the pick. I hate it in the top half of the first round though. I, I think you have to sort of trade back and, and, and take him in the twenties for him to have value. Okay. I don't think I would hate that. I don't, because we're going to hear a lot about Mac Jones and the Patriots. I don't think I'd hate it in the low twenties as much as I would at 15. Eric Eager, pro football focus. You can check him out. PFF.com. You want to get ready for the Super Bowl, whether it's from a gambling angle, just from a game angle, uh, you want to figure out, you know, what your team's going to do in the off season. The PFF.com is the ultimate resource to go to. Eric, man, we appreciate it. We will talk to you next week as we'll be on the eaves of the Super Bowl. I can't wait. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. The, that the Super Bowl will be a great game, and and you know, for Pats fans, I'm not sure what the emotions are with Brady, but it'll be interesting to see how he how he fares here. Well, we'll we're trying to figure out what the emotions are for Brady, so maybe by next week I'll have the answer. So, Eric, we'll talk to you soon.